Hello, and welcome back to the Giddy Carousel of Pop, and an extra ride for all you pop kids out there. I'm Simon, he's Gavin, and why are we back so soon? Excellent question, Si. Well, firstly, thanks for all the lovely comments we've had about our last episode with legend of the hits, Sir Mark of Ellen. And if you listen to that episode, you'll know that we had an additional rider on the carousel in the shape of Adam and the Ants, Plank Spanker Supreme, Marco Peroni. We visited Marco at his home early this year to talk to him about Smash It's and the Ants and ended up chatting about a whole lot more. So we thought you might like to hear that conversation in full. If you pick up on any strange noises, that'll be Ziggy, Marco's frisky little pup, who came to join him with proceedings. Here's what happened. So we're delighted to welcome onto the Giddy Carousel of Pop uh, a special guest. Delighted to welcome the living legend that is Marco Peroni. Thanks for coming aboard the carousel, Marco. That's all right, anytime. And I um, wanted to talk to you a little bit about the interview and, uh, and Smash Hits in general and right. kind of the pop world at that time. Yeah, I, I mean, I remember more about Smash Hits generally. I remember being in France. But I, was, I just read that interview and I don't remember saying any of it. <laughs> Obviously, it was so long ago. But I don't know what I can specifically tell you about the interview, except that I didn't want to go out in the sun. And I know that Mark spoke spoke to everybody else except me, and then he had to wake me up. Yeah, was was that typical that you'd spend most of the time in your hotel room when you were away in spending during places? the day? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> during the day, but at night I would come out. Right, I wasn't, I wasn't a recluse or anything like that. I was you know just slightly vampiric, slightly vampiric, vampiric. You know, like golf hadn't started yet, so I'd always, I would have not done that. Do you remember? Well, do you remember anything about Mark turning up at all, or? I was just told you've got to talk to this bloke from Smash Hits, and I thought, well, okay, that sounds like fun. I don't think I'd met him before. The, what, what, what was uh, his partner's name? Dave Hepworth. Dave Hepworth. Yeah, yeah I thought I'd met him. Right. And, I, and I, they used to do uh, old Grey whistle tests. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember Adam being a big, big, big Smash Hits fan. He always was always saying, "This is great. This is great. This is this is where we should be." And this, you know, this is the future and all that. Oh, well, that's interesting, yeah, because in, in the interview he talks about um, sort of Flexi Pop magazine and Smash It's being part of the Ant's success, really. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Um, and I know that the Ant's always had a, a not great relationship with a lot of the music press, particularly the weeklies. And I wonder, do you, do you think that the relationship the band had with Smash It's was different to like, the Enemy and Melody Maker and so on? And, and if so, how was it different, do you think? Well, they liked us for a start. Yeah. <laughs> Simple as that. Yeah, they liked us. I don't, I don't really understand why the enemy didn't like us so much. Well, I mean, I, I do understand. It's because we were successful. They hate success of any kind. It's all, it's, it was all very socialist. Yeah. And I suppose they, they suspected we had money. And, and also, you know, we weren't playing the punk game anymore. We'd, done, we'd been through that. And they were, seeing, they were still in that. You know, like you know, come the revolution, and it's like we we've gone through that, we've done that, yeah. and we'll do something else now. Do you think they sort of saw you perhaps as selling out? Yeah, totally. You know, in yeah, terms of do it. Where's my socks? Yeah, and I, I never, you know, I never, I never to this day know what that means. Really, we didn't sell out. We didn't sell out to make more money. There was hard. It's hardly a recipe for success, was it? I mean, it wasn't like oh, this is a surefire hit thing, isn't it, Adam? You know, if you you dress up as a red Indian, we all dress up as pirates. <laughs> <laughs> this is bound. Yes, it literally has no chance of failure, does it? I mean, it's just you know, but tried and tested 
way of succeeding. Of course, yeah, yeah. yeah it's just bound to work. Yeah, uh, we didn't know that. <laughs> we didn't know it. We just wanted to do what we wanted to do, you know. And it seemed like, it, and at the time, it was all kind of rough train. It was all very dour, mm. and it was all like. Um, you know, Joy Division and all that, and that seemed very dour. Now I can see they're actually coming from the same same place as we were coming from, but just doing it completely differently. Mm. So I, 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 I guess because we didn't, we, we just we just weren't punks anymore. And I think I was thought that you know, journalists particularly were sort of like latching onto this punk thing, and you know, they, and it's over. It's for us. It was completely over. It's completely dead. Mm. And we wanted to desperately to do something else which is what we desperately did. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're really ahead of the curve in that way, weren't you? Because um, new pops started and became more sort of uh, taken on board by the weeklies like ABC yeah. and Human League when they went all shiny. They loved it all then. But... Spandau and Durant. Yeah, yeah. No, actually, the, the weeklies didn't like it. But they, well, they liked ABC. Like, Lexicon of Love was really popular with the NME. And, yeah. And I think Heaven 17 were yeah. quite popular. So yeah, some, I, some I, bands, they, they, they liked some, some, that, I but... think we, I, think, I don't know, I think we probably seemed very egotistical to them. Yeah. And the we fact that you, I mean, you were so ourselves. honest, weren't you, about wanting to be number one and wanting to be the biggest thing, and maybe that was not seen as uh, good. But that, I mean, that was, you know, that we, we did say that to annoy them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was also true, you know. That's the last thing you'd ever want to admit. It's like, oh, no, we want to be rich and famous and number one. That's yeah. the last thing they want to hear. I'm talking about wanting to annoy them. I remember in an interview with you where you talked about sort of the the Prince Charming look yeah. that sort of came out around the time of, uh, of this interview and part of the reason for doing it was to really piss off the enemy. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was lying in bed thinking, what, there must be something that we can do. So that, that they will really, really hate. There's no chance of them liking this at all. Also, it's got to annoy them. It's got to, the thing that I mean, it's, it's all very odd doing it. You know, this sort of panto thing in private, but it's got to be really successful so they can't ignore it. Yeah. And I mean, I remember I one know. review of Stand and Deliver saying, "It doesn't matter what I say. This is going to be number one next week." Well, that's not the point of a review, is it? I mean, just tell us what you think. Yeah. It does matter. Well, no, it doesn't matter what you say. Actually, we don't care. But that that isn't that isn't a review. Yeah, just saying it's going to be a hit. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's going to be a hit. So I can't be bothered to you know. I, just, I, I can't stop it from being a hit. So yeah, unless you could give it a creative slagging off, couldn't you? Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. But you think that was also a little bit of snobbery towards the fans who uh, I guess you know would have been kids and like like you were fans of. Of glam rock and stuff in, in the early seventies. I don't know. I don't. I never thought of it that way. But yeah, maybe. Yeah, I remember. I've, I've got somewhere the, the enemy book of glam rock, and it's like kind of somebody. And I think it was said they'd gone to a Roxy concert, and they just sort of said, um, "Yeah, there's all these kids dressed up and all that, but I'd like to see him doing something really original and brave." I said, "Well, you try getting on the tube wearing a pillbox hat and a, and a veil." At, at, at age fourteen, then that's pretty brave, braver than you'll ever be. But also, also, it was sort of like their time was up. I'm oh god, we're not hip anymore. But we're not hip with the kids anymore. You know, we're still we're still wearing fled jeans. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like they were always they all seem to be always seem to be too late. You know, they were too late with punk. They were too late with you know new romantic. They were too late with the, the new pop thing. They always missed out on it. 
Yeah. Well, this is where Smash Hits came in, really, yeah. isn't it? Because yeah. they, they were right there for, for all of that. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they knew what was popular. They knew where their bed, bed was but This is what people want to read. This is what people want to buy. You know, they, they, they outsold all the weeklies, didn't they? They were in colour. They had all the most popular bands. And that's what, you know, these bands are popular because you, just, you say they are. They actually really are. People, you know, people go out and spend their hard-earned money on their records. So that's why they all sold. It wasn't a secret. It wasn't, you know, a secret. It was, it's easy to figure that out. Do you think if Smash It's hadn't existed, would the group's look have been the same? Because obviously it had a very strong yeah. visual style. No, it would have been, it would have it would, been the same. Yeah. It would have been the same. We didn't do it for Smash Hits because mm. I don't think it even existed when, when we really first sort of devised everything. No, I guess it would have been like really, really early, before it became popular anyway, yeah. Smash Hits, yeah. 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 So it was just like it was one big package, wasn't it? Yeah, that but it sort of it, it was and... it, you know it went for so it, you know we we sort of fed off them, they fed off us. Yeah. You know the more the more we did, the more we print. You know the more the, the more outrageous we looked, the more you know the more pictures they would print, and so it just went round and round and round. And it kind of worked with video as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Because videos were coming. Yeah. More popular then as well. Yeah. It was good timing, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. It was. <laughs> I mean, it, I think for anyone's success. Anybody who's successful, it's like the planets have to align. Every single thing has to be right, and you've got yeah. to be really lucky. You've got to be the right thing at the right time, at the, you know, in the in, and in the right place. Otherwise, it doesn't work. And we just were. Mm. And all, everybody else seemed to be as well. Because they were just doing the right thing. And they were, they were doing the thing that they, they, they felt was right. There was no, like, oh, this we're going to make a lot of money out of this. There was no... We had no concept of money. I mean, we were 21. Yeah. We never made any money before. And no career plan or anything like that, really. No, it was just, just join the band and see what <laughs> <laughs> Were there any of the contemporaries that were around at that time that you felt, you know, as a band or personally kind of something you have something in common with or some kind of kinship with we, at all? We loved Madness, although they were completely different mm. from us. That's maybe why they lo- we, we loved them. We just thought their singles were brilliant, although we didn't want to do that, you know. Yeah. Um, I think Madness were our favourite band at the time, and they started a bit before us, didn't they? A little bit, yeah. yeah. What was it about Madness that you liked? Just the funny. sense of humour? <laughs> yeah. yeah. They were funny and they were very London. Good videos. Good videos, great videos. Yeah, it was the sense of humour. I mean, the songs were great, the singles were great. What about uh, bands like Dex's or anything Dex's, like that? Dex's, yeah, Dex's, yeah. Adam... I, yeah, Dex's we liked. Yeah, they yeah, were another, another band. Yeah, I seem to remember talking about Kevin Rowland glowingly at the time. Yeah, there was, that was another band, very strong visual thing. Yeah, yeah. and they changed the look around quite often as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, that's it. I mean, it, it was the sort of, you know, it was the mark of the time, those mm. visuals. And, I mean, you know, something to do with colour television, I suppose. Everybody's getting colour television. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was around that time. We had black and white till I was about... About 10, 11, like Yeah, we had black and white until, and yeah. Then, it was really, yeah. I, I think that's got something to do with yeah, it. Yeah, I'd never thought of that, but that's a really no, good point. I only just thought of that. No. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, seeing Dog Eat Dog on the Top of the Pops, you know, was like my kind of Starman moment, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. as a kid. And uh, Starman was, the same Starman was in black and white. Yeah. yeah. So we that's had no, amazing, no idea. Imagine what the effect if you'd seen it in colour at the time. Well, I mean, it's, it, Dylan Jones said, you know, I've always thought it was in colour until he was reminded, his dad reminded him, said, we didn't have a colour television. <laughs> you brought your own colour to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We didn't know what, what colour Bowie's hair was. 
Yeah, maybe it is something to do with the advent. I mean, it's all kind of like technology, isn't it? You know, technology yeah. has helped. And also video, which video couldn't be done before that because video hadn't been invented. It, had to be, it would have had to have been filmed. It would have been even more expensive. Yeah. How did you find, what was your experience of filming the videos? Did, was it a, I, a I was, I'm, not, I'm not really a natural performer. I, I, I mean, I, I do feel that I now sort of understand that, like, you know, being an actor in a film is bloody hard work. Standing about all day dressed up for, like, you know, five minutes of activity... I, I didn't. I, I wasn't mad about doing the videos, really. I, yeah. I just kind of. But they were good, you know. Obviously, good promos. It was just, you know, the, the business I had chosen. So yeah, I'll have to lump it. <laughs> Looking back, I mean, you were you were twenty two when that interview happened. Is right. there anything that, going back those four decades, if you could kind of give yourself any advice from now to then, is there anything? I think. You I, would I think. What I, advice would you give yourself? Well, the only advice was like. Don't worry, don't worry about everything. You're going to be all right and you are good enough, mm. you know, because I think most people suffer from terrible... Uh, all young people do, don't they? Everybody in their 20s suffer from, t- suffer from terrible self-doubt, doubt, like, oh, what am I doing here? Can I really do this? You know, am I... That imposter syndrome. Yeah. So even with all that success at the time, you still felt... It makes it even worse. Yeah. More pressure, I guess. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's anything I would say. You're going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Don't worry about it. And yes, you are. You should be here. You deserve it. Yeah, you deserve it. You are good enough. The other thing I wanted to go through um, in the magazine is that in the bits section, uh, there's a thing called personal file, which is like a little questionnaire. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess Mark probably did it with you in the hotel, yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. And I'm just what I wanted to see is how. Uh, Four decades on, <laughs> well, how much I you remember still, your answers? So if I, I still have those... Yeah, have you still got the same answers? So, I'm um, sure they're probably exactly the same. Let's see if you... Uh, how well does Marco from 2021 remember Marco from 1981? So question number one, uh, it, the question was, what was your high spot of education? What do you think you might have said? I can't remember. My high spot of education was, was being thrown, a, thrown out of art school. Very good, yeah. I'll give you that. It that, says, was my uh, that was my favourite. Being singled out at college for having green bits in my hair. <laughs> <laughs> I actually found out that the teachers had been told to ignore what I wore and not comment on it. I was so proud. Yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> it's true. I mean, I actually met somebody who went to college with me and they said, well, they were in the year below and they said, we didn't know what you were. <laughs> so what, what, were you, what were you dressing as? What were you wearing at the I time? Just wearing, I was wearing clothes from sex, like 50s clothes and, you know, proto, proto-punk, but kind of brighter, proto-glam punk. Oh, this has been, what, been about 76? Yeah, 76. Yeah. 75, 76. Because punk hadn't been, hadn't broken yet. No one knew what it was. No one had ever heard of it. I just thought, well, we didn't know. We just thought you were you. We didn't know. <laughs> we didn't know what you were doing or why you were doing it. <laughs> what is he wearing today? And what, it's, what has he got on? Yeah, what has yeah. he got on? Yeah. And this was at art college. I mean, you know, that's yeah, really well, quite a liberal kind of... Uh, it wasn't. It yeah. may be now and it may have been in the 60s, but it wasn't then. It was really, really, really... So, what, everyone else was wearing cheesecloth and loom pants. Yes, and, yeah. cheesecloth and loom pants, yeah. yeah. And riding, riding mopeds for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> OK, the next question uh, Mark asked you was your first crush... Did I say Lindsay Depaul? You did say Lindsay Depaul. Very good. 
Question three, what was your proudest achievement? I'll be impressed if you remember this one, because I think you may have made this up, but I don't know. I don't know. It was eating six cream crackers in one minute. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, just... just what, I mean, it's a good achievement. What, what, in what, what can you be your proudest <laughs> achievement at 21? You know, it's, yeah. I got some brothel creepers. I mean, you know... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, uh, or, you know, we were number one. I mean, I couldn't think of anything. It's like, yeah. they're just, they're, they're, I, mean, they're, I mean, they're obviously kind of like teenage silly questions, right? Then teenage silly answers. Uh, what do you think your Desert Island disc was at the time? P- Pyjama Rama. Correct. It, was, it always has been and always will be, I think. Uh, worst venue ever played? Was, that could have been two. It was either Middlesbrough Rock Garden. Or this Retford Porterhouse. It was one of those two. If you had to plump on one of them, I think it was Retford Porterhouse because that was particularly. Uh, it went the wrong bad. way. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Middlesbrough Rock Garden. What happened at Middlesbrough Rock Garden? There was a particular that incident. That was a massive fight, as there always used to be in those days. Yeah. And they wanted to. It was the strange sort of like you know how punks thought that they would show that they loved you, which is by throwing throwing things at you. And, um, and spitting on you, and, and spitting on you, and then trying to beat you up afterwards. This is how we love you. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I actually met a guy in some at some gig about ten years ago. He said, "Oh, do you remember doing playing uh, Middlesbrough Rock Garden?" I said, "Yes." And he said, well, "I'm one of the blokes who threw coins at you. Well, you come up and tell me that. <laughs> what am I supposed to say?" <laughs> Thanks very much. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're, you're a wanker now and you're a wanker then. I'm just like... <laughs> was that with the ants or...? Yeah, with the ants. Yeah. Uh, I mean, last... Why would you even admit that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a strange thing. You'd yeah. think you'd be embarrassed, or at least have yeah. the decency to be embarrassed and go, some people, I'm really some... sorry, mate. Yeah, um, some, people... Yeah, yeah. some people have come up and go, do you remember being at a club at sunset? And I go, no. And I said, what... I called you a wanker and I'm really, really sorry. And I said, oh, it's OK, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> but at least you said you're sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's fine. fine. OK, last question from this personal file. You, uh, it asked for your favourite hero or heroine and you gave three answers. I'll give, I'll give you a clue, they're all heroes, actually. Who do you think the three guys you chose were? Brian Ferry, Link Ray and uh, James Bond, probably. <laughs> Uh, no, I can't. Oh. Uh, you're in the right ballpark. You've got, you have got an ex-member of uh, Roxy, Andy McKay. Yeah, you've got Andy in there. Yeah, uh, one of the spiders, Mick Ronson, Mick Ronson, and then an actor, Sean Connery. I don't know. Uh, Lawrence Harvey. Oh, Lawrence Harvey. Yeah. yeah. Was he out of uh, Room at the Top? Yes. That, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. I think you put that. I thought it was Dead Course. Favorite I, film. I thought he was Proto Brian Ferry. <laughs> I think Brian Ferry probably thought that as well. <laughs> but what do you remember about the, the fans from that time? You well, know? Uh, it's funny because, uh, you know, nowadays, obviously with the internet, people have got direct access to you. Although if you're really big, there's no way, there's no way you can answer, you know, a thousand messages a day or something. You have to get something to do it. But people do have now direct access and they're older, so they're not, they're not quite as... Excitable. I do get lots of mess- nice messages from people, which is, which is nice. But in those days, we really we we, do, we were sort of isolated. We just lived in cars and, and buses and hotel rooms, mm. and you know, surrounded by guards, because it was always trying to you know, it was mostly Adam like having to you know dodge screaming girls and stuff like that. 
did the rest of the band have a lot of, of that problem as well? Or was it I like didn't. Ninety percent, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I don't think they liked me. <laughs> I wasn't boy band material. Well, that didn't bother me. Well, that's good though. I guess you can no, be a bit didn't. more anonymous than. Uh... Well, yeah, I didn't want to be anonymous. I just no, wasn't but... interested in kind of getting being, chased around, being loved by ten-year-old girls. I mean, it's just slightly creepy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not a good look. No, it's not. It really isn't. But those videos certainly had a big impact. You know, I was, what, seven, eight years old yeah. at the time. And, you know, we, we'd try and recreate them. I mean, obviously not jumping through a window or anything. No, no. But, you know, the, the moves in Prince Charming. And I remember my cousins went down to London for the first time in, in 1981 to, to meet my cousins. And Stand and Deliver just got to number one mm. that week and they'd bought that record which, mm. you know, which is terribly exciting mm. in itself and they'd made up their own routine for the whole song really and 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 performed it for us several times over the weekend was it any good i remember it being amazing really yeah it was nothing like the, the video but it was you know it was them doing their own interpretation of, of what they thought was going on in the song yeah so, so that's the kind of thing that kids up and down the country listen i used were, to I used, yeah. you know I, I don't even want to admit what i used to do in my bedroom in my privacy <laughs> <laughs> you know, kind of, to you know, doing you know, it was a typical tennis racket thing. Yeah. You know, in fact, a lot of ways, playing a tennis racket to your favourite record is better than actually being on stage. Well, you don't have to learn anything for start. Yeah. It's all about the pose. Yeah, it's all about the pose, and also you can do your favourite record again and again and again. Don't have to play any B sides or things no. you're not that bothered about. No, no, trash you didn't <laughs> like. What were your favourite tunes to play live? Um, Did you have any particular favourites? I don't like playing. Um, I like playing most of the first album. Yeah. There was one song I really didn't like playing, which is uh, Magnificent Five. Not because I don't like the song, because I did like the song, but it's just bloody hard to play. Yeah. There's lots and lots of treading on pedals. Um, I like, I, I just, I mean, I liked, I, I like playing, I, I really actually really like playing um, Adam's old stuff. Because mm. um, it's actually quite easy and uh, quite fun. Yeah. Um, stuff uh, like car trouble and yeah, 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 Xerox and stuff. Car trouble isn't easy. Yeah. Xerox is not easy. But I mean, um, yeah. all the others are. You know, yeah. fat fun and falling and all that. Yeah, I loved it when it got to that bit. <laughs> <laughs> have, a, have a break. Yeah. No, but it was always at the end, and I thought, oh shit, we've got we're, we're in the home stretch now. We've got to do a few punk songs, and then that's yeah. the end of the set. Did you enjoy playing live much? Um, uh, I don't know, to be honest. I didn't after a while because it yeah. just got too much. It just got too much. We just did too much of it. And you, you just sort of think, I don't know why I'm doing this. Bit. I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> I haven't done a lot of it in the, in, in the years in between. You know, I've avoided it, really. Mm. I went out with Shakespeare's sister like two years ago or 18 months ago. That was good. That was good because it was fair. I mean, it was just old friends. So, mm. you know. And it wasn't actually, it was difficult because it's not my songs that other people's songs. So mm. I find it difficult to run other people's songs. But I did it in the end, I hope. But no, I mean, I've always kind of avoided playing live, really. I don't like doing little little places. Mm. I've always liked, just like doing big, making big statements, really. Yeah. I'd rather do that. Go big or go home. <laughs> go big or go <laughs> home, yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Going back to little clubs is not, does not appeal to me. Mm. Sort of one last question, actually, before before we wrap up, because Sai's a big uh, Live Aid fan. And oh, obviously, right. you 
yeah. you played there. And I did listen to another fairly recent podcast, and you said you remembered virtually nothing at all from the from the day. I remember what oh. I remember is that there was behind the stage was like a traffic light, and you were told to sort of like start playing. Like if it was red, don't play. If it was green, start playing. Mm. I thought, well, where is it? I can't, you know, I can't see it. And I've I've got really great eyesight. I couldn't bloody see it. <laughs> and Adam's got terrible eyesight. So I thought it was up to me. I've got to find it, haven't I? Where yeah. is it? Where is it? Where is it? So um, if you didn't need enough pressure. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. The only, only other thing I remember at the time was like thinking, I really need a cigarette, and I didn't smoke at the time. Yeah. I thought, why do I need a cigarette and I don't smoke? Yeah, I think that would make anyone smoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was a good experience. I mean, really glad, you know, that we were there. One of the big things of the 80s, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, do you wish you'd had longer than yeah. the one song? Yeah, yeah. And I can't remember, I can't remember why you didn't now. I forget why. But Yeah, I've read a few different reasons why. There's a few, there is a few different reasons yeah. and I don't know, I don't know them all. Yeah. It's probably, it's just probably all those reasons altogether. Mm. What would you have played then? Had you had the chance I can't to do more? I remember. We probably would have done Ant Music and Dog Eat Dog and Stand the Liver, probably. You know, do our biggest hits. This is what people want to hear, isn't it? Mm. You know, we've talked about this on a previous podcast, actually, because sometimes people are very uh, quite down on on the band playing Vive La Rock. But my argument is always that, you know, at the time there wasn't really that kind of heritage thing, really, and there no. wasn't the expectation. And when you look at the tunes that a lot of other bands played, it was singles that hadn't even broken the top 40 or sometimes album tracks, and it wasn't kind of a catalogue of the biggest hits. It no. Was kind of festival kind of... No, but we had a snap decision, like, play it or not play it. Yeah, maybe we wouldn't have done it, you know, if we had, like, a couple of days, a week to think about it. Yeah. But we didn't, yeah. so... Oh, that was great. As an Adam and the Ants fan, I've got to say it was an absolute pleasure and a privilege to go and speak to Marco, and we really appreciate his time. So, Marco, thank you very much. Yeah, and as a Roxy Music fan, it was great to talk to a fellow Roxy Music fan. <laughs> you had a great time, didn't you? I did. <laughs> <laughs> and if you uh, check out the website, and I'm sure they'll be on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter as well, you'll see uh, the photos that we took of Marco posing with his jukebox, which was plugged in pop fans it was plugged in it really was yeah. it wasn't working though because he needed his stylus he needed but... <laughs> his stylus yeah i'm hoping that he's got that sorted now because some cracking records on that jukebox <laughs> yeah he said he's got it all sorted now so that's good there we are then happy days so thanks for listening hope you enjoyed this little extra ride on the carousel don't forget to check out our website i've just mentioned that giddypoppod.home.blog where you'll find all our previous episodes playlists and scans to dig into at your leisure and if from the very heart of your bottom you would like to support us by buying us a coffee we'd be forever in your debt that's coffee.com forward slash giddypoppod and if you're not sure how to spell that that's k-o hyphen f-i dot com forward slash giddy pop pod and that is where you can go and do that and of course come and say hello to us we're a friendly couple of fellas you can find us on twitter at giddy pop pod you can also find us on facebook and instagram and if the wind's blown in the right direction and the sun's shining we'll even say hello back to you so thanks once again for listening and we'll see you next time for a full episode of the giddy yeah so thanks <laughs> so thanks once again for listening I will see you next time for a full episode of the Giddy Carousel of Pop bye ta